Hey, right now our Middleburg campus is joining in with us. So I want us to make them welcome this morning as our Middleburg campus comes in and they're a part of this. But we are so privileged today to welcome Pastor Apostle uh, Evangelist Jim and Don Rayleigh. Come on, let's show them some love this morning. Amen. Pastor doesn't leave his church on Sundays, but he did so to be here with us today. And everyone right now, you should have a special offering envelope. Ushers, if you haven't passed it, I want you to get those passed out right now. But I want to encourage you to bless the man of God today. I said, I want to encourage you to bless the man of God today. He has prepared a word, and we're coming in this house, and we are going to eat, and we have a responsibility to sow and to deposit back in to what God is speaking into us. And so there's offering baskets down front, offering baskets out in the lobby. You can give online and digitally as well. But I wanna encourage you because Apostle Pastor Rayleigh, he does not leave his church often on Sundays, but he is here with us for such a time as this. And we need to bless the man of God and honor to whom honor is due. Amen. So let's welcome Pastor Rayleigh as he comes at this time. Well, praise God. Somebody clap for Jesus. Love you, son. Uh, listen, I want you to give the Lord a real good praise. Has he been good to you? Has he been with you in the fire? Come on, only praise him if he's been with you in the fire and in the hard times and in the struggling times. Amen. Well, I'm warning you today, I feel like preaching. And is there any alive people in the early service? Come on. I think the good looking people came to the early service. Come on, the ugly people must go to second service. Come on, the good looking folk are here today. And I'm excited about all God is doing. Thank you for having me. How many of you love Pastor Jordan Wiggins and the Wigginses and Pastor Gary and you guys are blessed. Today I've got my first wife with me. Can y'all welcome my wife and my son today? She's my first wife. She's my last wife. She's the Alpha and the Omega, all wrapped up in one. We were in such a hurry to get here. She was so excited she was driving. We got pulled over on the way here. That's why we were a little bit late. A state trooper pulled us right over. So I started dropping the Evangel Temple name. Come on. I said, we're headed to Evangel Temple. He didn't give us a ticket. Hallelujah. How many of you know, delay is not denied. Come on, we still got here. So I'm ready to preach today. If you're ready for the word, shout, bring it on. My custom is to stand for the reading of God's word. These are the days when I want you to realize that no matter what the circumstances are that we are going through, God has a way of showing up and showing out and working it out. And... Have you ever been through anything in your life and you say, God, I don't know how I made it, but I look back and you were faithful? Come on. Uh, listen, tell your neighbor you ain't that smart. There are some things that we went through in life that God made a way for sure. And so today, if I've ever been in a place on assignment, I told my wife this weekend, I said, I'm supposed to be an evangel. I feel it in my spirit. So I'm coming to you from Deuteronomy chapter 32. Middleburg, I'm excited to preach to you this morning. Deuteronomy 32 verse 9. It says, for the Lord's portion is his people. Now that's shouting stuff right there. To know that you are the portion of the Lord, that he's chosen you. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. 
He found him in a desert land. Some of y'all say, I found Jesus. I say, liar, liar, pants on fire. You didn't find Jesus. He was never lost. Jesus found you. Hallelujah. He said he found him in a desert land and in a waste howling wilderness. He led him about. The New King James Version said he encircled him. He instructed him. And he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs her nest, flutters over her young, spreads abroad her wings, takes them and bears them up on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. Now watch this, verse 13. He made him to ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the field. And he made him to eat honey out of a rock and oil out of a flinty rock. I want you to look at that 13th verse. It said he made him to eat honey out of a rock. We've sung the song here for a little while called Honey in the Rock. And I want to preach to you for a few minutes along these lines. Honey in the rock. How many of you know that God can manifest sweet things in hard places? Oh, I got about 10 of you that believe it. I said, how many of you know that God can manifest sweet things in hard places? I feel like I'm here to preach today. Slip up your hands, precious, and let's ask the Lord to have his way. Father, it's all about you today. I pray that your name will be glorified, and I pray that you will release honey in the rock. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of praise in the early service today, in Middleburg today. All righty, you can be seated. The Bible said he made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he made him eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to eat honey out of a rock and oil out of the flinty rock. I've got the guts to stand before you today and tell you that sometimes in life, you got to go through some mess. How many of you have ever been through some stuff in your life? Some of you are going through some stuff right now, but you hear me. If you stick with God, if you trust God, there will always be honey in the rock. God will always at some point provide sweetness in hard places. He will bless you in unusual seasons. He will, he will take care of you in unbelievable places. Plain talk, he will help you. Has he ever turned anybody's mess into a message? Has he ever turned anybody's test into a testimony in this room? Has he ever turned your dilemma into your deliverance, your breakdown into your breakthrough? Has he ever turned your turn down into your turnaround? Come on. Has he ever come through at the moment you needed him to come through? Well, I need to tell you, precious, that he has not changed. Hebrews 13, 8 says he is the same yesterday today and forever. Anything he's done, he can still do. Anything he was, he still is. Hallelujah. How would you know? See, sometimes he'll let us go through stuff because he wants to show us who he is. How would I know he was a healer if I never got sick? 
How would I know he was a provider if I never had a need? How would I know he was a deliverer if I'd never been bound? How would I know that he was strength if I never got weak? How would I know that he would provide joy if I never got depressed? How would I know that, that, that he would provide strength and glory if I never felt hopeless? How would I know that, that he was in the valley and he was the lily of the valley unless I got in the valley? Sometimes God will let us know that our obstacles are his opportunities to show up and show out and show us how big he really is. See, the enemy thinks it's going to defeat you, but I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that God is on your side, and no matter what you're fighting or facing or what you're walking through right now, God has got this. If you believe God's got every issue in your life, give him praise right now. Come on. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, tell them, say, God's got this. So I'm going to kind of unpack this this morning and take my time, and the old folks say, I'm going to fix it good. Come on. So, so verse 9 says, for the Lord's portion is his people. Put your hand on your chest and say, that's me. Yeah, I'm God's people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. So I want you to just take some notes this morning, if not actually at least take them mentally. Number one, I want to tell you this. God is for you. He's not against you. God is all about you. The Bible says here the Lord's portion, the priority of the Lord is his people. And the word portion in the Hebrew literally means his chosen part, his priority. You are the priority of God. You and I are his portion. You and I are his chosen part. That's why you can't afford to beat yourself down or allow others to beat you down. Even if you're going through things emotionally or physically or tangibly, you have to decide in your life, I am still the Lord's portion. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Peter, Peter said this, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You are a chosen chosen generation. And I want you to know you're chosen even when you don't feel like it. You're chosen even when times are hard. You're chosen even when all hell is breaking loose. The word chosen is a very powerful word. And you've got to understand that you are chosen. I, I dare you to tell everybody in your neighborhood, I'm chosen. Yeah, he chose me. I didn't stumble up in here today. I didn't get here by accident. He chose me. He chose me when I wasn't fit to live and I was scared to die. He chose me when I was in the pit. He chose me when I was struggling. I only want to hear from the chosen people in this room today. Sometimes the devil wants to make you think like you're unworthy because you're going through something that somehow you've been rejected. But I need to tell you in this room this morning and in Middleburg, God did not settle for you. God chose you. Hallelujah. He didn't settle for you. He chose you. And the reality is he's chosen people. He's valued people. He's made them a priority because they are precious. And I want to tell every churchman, every church leader, that God's priority is not ideas or programs or agendas or denominationalisms. God's, God's choice is not at the end of the day religious ritual or facilities or big-time ministries or social media followings. 
God's portion is his people. The reason that this church exists is for people. It exists to glorify God, but it exists so the lost can be born again. Hallelujah. It's not about the facilities. It's not about the programs. It is about people coming in here and finding out that there is a redeemer in Jacksonville and his name is Jesus Christ. It's a place where the sick can find healing. It's a face place where the broken can be put back together. It is a place where miracles manifest. Somebody give God praise if you're glad you're in a church where you know that the Lord's portion is his people. Now, this is the challenge. One of the things the enemy wants us to believe is this, that while we're going through trouble or facing hard times or hard situations, that somehow the Lord is disconnected, that when I'm struggling, the Lord is aloof. In fact, the devil will tell us that God doesn't even love us. But I came to blow the trumpet in Jacksonville and Zion and tell you that the devil is a liar, that even when you're going through trouble, you are still chosen by God. And it's in those moments where life gets the most intense that God will show up. Listen, he's Jehovah Jireh, he's Jehovah Rapha, he's Jehovah Nisi, but he's also Jehovah Nicotine. Can I get a witness? He'll show up just in the nick of time. I dare somebody right now who's ever had him show up and be Jehovah Nicotine. Give him praise right now. Oh, come on. If you've ever had him come through financially, if you've ever had him come through when you were struggling, if he ever gave you joy and sorrow, if he ever gave you victory in a battle, and you didn't know how you were going to do it, but he walked right in because the Lord's portion is his people. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all about to make me want to preach in the early service. So number one, the Lord loves you. He chose you. But number two, God takes personal responsibility for you. Isn't that good news? The Bible said he found him in a desert land. Now catch this. It says in verse 10, in a waste howling wilderness, he led him about, he encircled him, he instructed him, he kept him as the apple of his eye. Now let's just unpack this text. It said he found him in a desert land and in a waste howling wilderness. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like you just couldn't go through a wilderness? You had to go through a waste howling wilderness. Come on, somebody. Have you ever had times where you said, does everybody have to deal with the mess that I'm dealing with? Look straight ahead and act like I'm not talking to you. Does everybody's family have as much drama as my family has? Have you ever had times where you say, my Lord, it's just coming from every direction, and it seems like everything is coming against you except the kitchen sink? And then you look, and there comes the sink. Come on, somebody. Have you ever had times where it seemed like everything that could be shaken was being shaken? And in those moments, the devil wants to make you think that God does not know where you are, and he does not know what you're going through. But I came to tell you that God never leaves you or forsakes you, that he will come to you in a waste-howling wilderness. He'll come to you in a 
hospital. He'll come to you wherever you are. He'll come to you in a jail cell. Hallelujah. Somebody give God praise that the Lord will find you no matter how intense the wilderness is. A waste howling wilderness, if you transliterate it, it means the, the desolate place of emptiness, the confusing place, the chaotic place. God said, I'll show up when life gets the hardest. He said, I'll walk in when life gets impossible for you. It's not impossible for me. When life gets impossible for you, don't worry about it. I walk in and I'm still the way maker and the miracle worker and the body healer and the life transformer. The Bible said he found them in a waste howling wilderness. And then the New King James Version says he instructed him, he encircled them. That means he completely surrounded them. He said they were in a hard place, but he surrounded them in an envelope of his presence. Wherever they went, the children of Israel were walking through the desert. And the Bible says that wherever they went, he encircled them. That's why the Hivites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amalites and the Ammonites couldn't get them because the Lord was with them. Some of you have been dealing with the Jebusites and the Amalekites and the Amorites and the bad bossites and the crazy husbandites. Come on, somebody. And the rebellious childrenites. A few of y'all have been dealing with the bill collectorites. Can I get a witness in here? But I came to tell you that it doesn't matter what's around you. There is something surrounding you today, and it is the presence of Almighty God. If the devil could have destroyed you, he destroyed you a long time ago. But who can say God has kept me? If the Lord has kept you, give him a little praise here and in Middleburg and at home. Hallelujah. Encircled means he's been above me, beneath me, behind me, and beside me. He's protected me in my hardest times, but let's get real. There have been times when we walked in places and we did things that we shouldn't have done. And there have been times when the Lord protected us, not from others, but from ourselves. Oh, hallelujah. It's quiet in here now. Has God ever protected you from yourself? Has God ever protected you even when you tried to act crazy? You tried to get away? You tried to give up? But God said, no, my plan for you is too great. My hand is on your life. David said it like this. He said in Psalms 139, I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. He said, I tried, but I couldn't do it. He said, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, you're there. If I ride on wings of the morning, you're there. If I dwell in the farthest oceans, you're there. Even there, your hand guides me and your strength support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you to you. The night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Oh, hallelujah. David said, I can't get away from you. Even if I try, you're still with me. Somebody give God praise that even in the times you tried to escape, you thought you would lose your mind and lose your way, and God said, no, I got you. And then the text goes on to say, precious, it says he kept them 
as the apple of his eye. Now don't miss this. The Bible said he instructed them and he kept them. I wonder if he's kept anybody here today. You know, we all talk a lot about the saving power of God. And I'm glad he saved me. But anybody glad he kept you? I dare somebody to praise him if he ever kept you. No, no, only praise him if he kept you. Listen, some people didn't make it, but you're still here because he kept you. The Bible said that he kept them as the apple of his eye. Now, in physically, we protect nothing any more than we protect our eyes. There's a shutting mechanism that if anything comes near the eye, the eyelids immediately shut tight because you want to protect your eyes. And the Lord is declaring here, this is how I am by my people. How many times has the enemy tried to totally destroy you and attack you and cause you to lose vision, but God shut him out just at the right time and covered you and God has taken responsibility for you. I want to tell you that even if you're going through something right now, you are still the apple of his eye and no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Blessed is he who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But the Bible said his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he doth meditate both day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, and he shall bring forth fruit in his season. And whatever he does, it shall prosper. I'm telling you, no matter how intense the attack of the enemy is, God's got you in his hands if he kept you give him praise right now if he could have dislodged you you would have been dislodged a long time ago but God has taken personal responsibility for you but I want you not to miss verse 11 it says, as an eagle stirs up her nest, flutters over her young, spreads abroad her wings, takes them and bears them on her wings, speaks here of an eagle. The truth of the matter is there are sometimes that an eagle will take his nest and arrange the sticks where they begin to stick and make the eaglets uncomfortable. And the truth is the eagle does that because the destiny of the eaglet is not to stay in the nest. See, sometimes God will make you uncomfortable. Number three, because your destiny is to fly. You'll go through hard seasons. The Bible said as an eagle stirs up her nest. There are times, as I said, when that eagle will stir her nest. And what it really means is this. She's making those eaglets uncomfortable because he, she knows that the eaglet's destiny is to fly. You need to hear me, precious, this morning. There are times when God will move you out of your comfort zone because your destiny is to fly. There are times when God will allow you to get in an uncomfortable situation because your destiny is to fly. God brought me here to tell you today that even in Evangel Temple, this is a gathering of eagles, and eagles don't quack 
Eagles don't clock. Eagles fly. Come on, somebody. And you better get ready to fly. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, get ready to fly. Some of y'all, God's been stirring the nest. He's been making you uncomfortable because your destiny is to fly. He's going to stir the nest till you step into that new job, to that new opportunity, to that new anointing, to that new level. Some of you say, well, I've been going through it, Pastor. Stop saying, well, I'm going through it and I'm out of God's will. No, say I'm going through it and I'm growing up and I'm getting ready for the next level. See, see, you, you got to make a decision. Some of you need to make a decision. Am I going to be an eagle or a chicken? And I want to tell you, you got to decide right now. You know why? Because chickens fry, but eagles fly. Can I get a witness? How many eagles are there in the room today? Come on, who would admit that I've been in some uncomfortable seasons, but I'm going to fly? I'm going to see God move in my family. I'm going to see... Come on, early service. Give the Lord a shout if you're ready to fly. Uh, chickens fry, but the eagles fly. The Bible said he the eagle bears them on her wings. Now, this is real powerful to me because it means to support, means to bring aid, it means to assist. God will stir the nest, but he'll also bear with you. Sometimes people won't bear with you, but God will bear with you. See, the truth is, sometimes you got to bear with me to be with me. Oh, it's quiet in here. Sometimes I go through struggles, but I'm thankful for those that have borne with me. But listen, when your family won't bear with you, when your friends won't bear with you, when church people won't bear with you, anybody glad that the Lord never leaves you or forsakes you, he'll bear with you. Now, look at verse 12. It says, so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange gods before him. So number four, understand this. God is your one true source. God may use people. He may use circumstances. But in the end, God is your source. I wonder if there's anybody here today that would say, Jim Rayleigh, God is my source. If God is your source, one, two, three, give him a praise right now. Come on. God is, I would have been defeated a long time ago, but God has been my source. The Bible said the Lord alone. Somebody say alone. If you take the word alone and you split it up, it's really this, all and one. A-L, all and one. It's been only God at the end of the day. With little exception, the children of Israel here were in the desert and they had no strange God that left them. It was, or that led them. It was God Jehovah who was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And it was God who fed them and it was God who led them and it was God who protected them and it was God who made the way and it it was God who provided, and it was God who strengthened, and it was God who made a who, who opened the door. It was God who got them through the desert. It was God who got them through the attack. I wonder if there's anybody here you can look back on your life, and you know it hasn't been your ingenuity or your strength or your gifting, but it has been the Lord that has kept you every day. Uh. Alone. 
alone means the sole source. Precious, it, it hasn't been our philosophy or our money or our ingenuity or education. Even our husbands or our wives, it's been the Lord. The Bible said in Isaiah 43, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no other. He, he said there is no other Savior or there is no Savior. The word Savior in the Hebrew means the help, the preserver, the rescuer. Has he helped anybody here today? Has he preserved anybody here today? Has he rescued anybody here today? Listen, I've come to tell you that even if you're in a tough place, you're going to make it because he's your source. Don't try to depend on strange gods because they'll let you down. God is your source. Somebody give your source a little bit of praise right now. Come on, Middleburg. Give your source a little bit of praise right now. Come on, let your source know I'm depending on you to save my children. I'm depending on you to break me through. I'm depending on you for the next season. God is my source. Now, here we are. Number five, he will give you honey in the rock. Somebody say honey in the rock. Now, now let's check this text out. It said he made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Now, now first of all, it said he made him ride on the high places. Have you ever been made to do anything? I don't know about you, but I grew up in a house where I was made to do stuff. I got, I got two people that grew up in the house. I, I didn't negotiate. Come on, somebody. We didn't have remote controls. I was the remote control. Get up and change it to channel two, channel six, or channel nine. Can I get a witness? Because there was only three channels. And you didn't record nothing. Come on. Turn it up. Turn it down. Yeah, listen, I, I was, I'm not saying that kids don't have ADD, attention deficit disorder. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I'm saying I wasn't allowed to have it. Y'all y'all don't, y'all didn't grow up like I did. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm saying that in my house, that was not tolerated. If I had ADD, my, my parents would beat the ADD right out of me. Can I get a witness? You got that? I'll show you ADD. Come on. And I grew up in a time when you were made to do some stuff. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for this text right here. It said he made him to ride in the high places. He said places you shouldn't have been able to ride. He made you rise beyond your capabilities. I dare somebody right now, if he's ever taken you higher than you ought to have went, give him a praise in the room right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I need to ask you, has God ever taken you higher than you had the ability to go? Has God ever blessed you when you didn't deserve it? Only praise him if he's done it. But if he's done it first service, Middleburg, give him a shout of praise. Uh, it's powerful to me. He made him. I'm thankful for stuff that the Lord made me. 
Even when I didn't understand it, the Lord said, I'm going to raise you higher than you have the skill, the gifting, and the ability to go. Even higher than you are worthy to go. And then the text said, he made him right high on the places that he might eat of the increase of the land. Watch this. And he made him eat honey out of a rock. Now, this is powerful to me, and I don't want you to miss it because there's an awesome truth here. Where is the most unlikely place to find honey? In a rock. You never think about finding honey in a rock. In a tree, yes, but not in a rock. But the Bible says here he made him drink honey, eat honey out of a rock. See, the truth is, y'all, can, can I just get real today? In the, this part of the Middle East, there were wild bees that nested in the high cliffs and in the hard places. And these bees would nest in these hard places. But the sweetest honey was found in the hardest places. The sweetest honey was the hardest to get to, and the lesson is so powerful here that in our hard places, that's where God is the sweetest. In those hard seasons, that's where God is the realest. In those hard seasons, that's when we find out he can do everything that he says he can do, and he is who he says he is. I dare somebody to praise him right now. If you've ever gotten honey in the rock... Oh, hallelujah. The enemy doesn't want you to know it, but there are times when the sweetest honey is in the hardest place. Now, the truth is, y'all, the lesson is powerful because we've all been through hard places. And we've all seen God come through. But if you'll be honest, some of your hardest times have been some of your sweetest times as you look back. Some of your most impossible times, you look back and say, God, you were so real in those days. You made a way in those days. Even when I didn't know you were moving for me, you were moving for me. Even when I didn't know you were strengthening me, you were strengthening me. Oh, somebody give him praise if he's ever been that and more to you. I was watching something a while back, and it was about African bee harvesters or African honey harvesters. And the truth is, y'all, that these Africans would go to harvest honey, and what they would do is they would carry with them a tube, and they would start a fire in that tube and they would create smoke. And they would get up by that bee's nest and they would blow the smoke from that fire that they started into the bee's nest. And something happened. When that smoke started flowing, when that smoke started flowing, for some reason, it immobilized the bees. For some reason, it, it hypnotized them paralyzed them. And I watched as that, as that African brother reached into that beehive and pulled honey right on out and the bees just sit there chilling like a villain on penicillin. Come on somebody. I'm rapping now. That's called cracker rap. Can I get a witness up in here? 
He, he's there and he pulls the honey right out and the bees can't touch him. He should have gotten stung. He should have swollen up. He should have been in pain. But he reached in the midst of the smoke. You know what smoke represents in the Bible? It represents worship. And there are times when you will go through hell and the devil said, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to bring you down. But you let hallelujah get in your mouth. You let praise the Lord get in your mouth and you you find out that the devil can't touch you as long as you're worshiping. Somebody give God a praise if you're ready to worship even in a hard place. Have you ever worshiped broke? Have you ever worshiped sick? Have you ever worshiped depressed? Have you ever worshiped going through it and you look back and you said the devil wanted to kill me then, but here I am today and there was honey in the rock. Somebody give him praise if there's ever been honey in the rock for you. I wouldn't be here today were it not for honey in the rock sweet things in hard places. But then the Bible says this. He gave him honey in the rock. Y'all getting anything out of this? Come on. And then he said in oil. Somebody say oil. Come on, say it again. Say oil. Somebody on your row needs an oil change this morning. Come on. Somebody on your row needs an oil change and a lube job. Can I get a witness? He said he provided oil out of the flinty rock. Now, flinty means jagged. If you know anything about flint, they use flint to start a fire. It was the rock that they used to start a fire. And the oil, the Bible said, came out of the flinty rock. Amazingly, there were places when Israel, when the Jews were going through the desert, there were places where olive trees seemed to grow straight up out of the jagged or sharp rocks. No other tree could survive, but the, the, the oily tree could make it. The oily tree should survive. Virtually no other tree could survive, but the oily tree could make it. And I want to tell you today, your freshest oil comes in your hardest places. Oil represents the anointing and the Holy Ghost. Then I want to tell you the hardest places is where the best oil flows. And the devil doesn't want you to know it, but even in your hard place, God said, I'm going to give you fresh oil and I'm going to give you new anointing. Somebody give God praise that he even, even my hard time are producing my fresh oil. Stop right now. If you believe that, one, two, three, give God a shout of praise in here. My hardest places are producing my freshest oil. How many of you want fresh oil today? Come on now. Now, I grew up. And I, listen, I was Pentecostal nine months before I was born. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And I grew up in that church where you always had the communion table sitting right in the front. And there was a flower. Yep. All y'all ain't 12. In the old churches, they used to have the flower that sat there. And every two or three weeks, you had to get a new flower. Because when the flower started dying, they had to change the flowers out. Can I get it? Can I find real people? We didn't have none of this stuff. I, listen, our dad, our, we 
were progressive because we had a flower. And there was a bottle of oil that sat on the communion table. Hello, somebody. It had been there since shortly after the crust of the earth cooled. Come on, y'all. That was, listen, now you got this cute oil. When they anoint you with oil, you smell like frankincense. You smell like myrrh. Come on, somebody. You're smelling so good now. Not in those days. In those days, they anointed you with the stinkingest oil ever known to man. When they would anoint you with it. Some of y'all who have been anointed with that oil. And you smell it, and it smelled horrific. I found something out about oil. See, the reality is that oil goes rancid. If you don't, if you don't change it out, it goes rancid. That's why David said in Psalms 92:10, I have been anointed with fresh oil. See, sometimes some of y'all are trying to fight today's battle on yesterday's oil. You've been trying to win today's victory over yesterday's oil. But I've come to tell you right in the middle of the jagged, hard place, God is about to release fresh oil and new anointing. I want people that want a fresh oil anointing, jump on your feet and give God a shout right now. Come on, if you believe the best oil can come in the hardest place, come on early service and give God a praise. I want a musician to come. Everybody standing. Come on, Middleburg. He said, he said, I'll give you. Everybody standing. I'm getting ready to close. You know what that means? I don't mean nothing. Hallelujah. It said he gave him honey in the rock. The Lord said, I'll be the sweetest in the hardest places. And then he gave him oil in the flinty rock. I don't know if we, there, there comes a musician. Look, while you're yet asking, they're coming in threes. Praise the Lord. Honey in the rock and oil in the flinty rock. I don't know about you, but I've only made it today. Because there's been honey in the rock. If he's ever provided something sweet in a hard place for you, I want you to give God a praise right now. Come on. And then, Pastor Jordan had said he gave him oil in the flinty rock. There are things that I would not know about him. <laughs> there are elements of his character that would have never been revealed to me. And there are things that I would have never discovered about myself unless I went in a hard place and found fresh oil. Somebody here today, the devil is thinking that he's going to defeat you and destroy you in this hard season, but God brought Jim Rayleigh here to tell you that in the mighty name of Jesus, all that's happening is you're going to walk out of this with the strongest anointing that you've ever had. And you're going to look back and say, there's honey in the rock.